Hey, this is Tom Winkler, creator of Whack Your Boss and Duty Man, and you're listening to The Dave and Steve Show. Previously on The Dave and Steve Show. Well, I, looks, it's kind of late. It's time for me to uh, to empty my colostomy bag. Oh, it was great, lacrosse. you darn right. I, oh, I remember when we played Edmonds. That was a tough team. A... Right. I'm not a party kind of person. Um, and and the, most of that's because not a lot of people like me. That's something I've learned. And, uh, I've come to learn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they've come a long way from, uh, you know, somebody in their Judas Priest shirt at the <laughs> at the waiting pool in Kittitas. Which is, what, what, the, is, what does she wear to that potluck? What I want to know. Well, can what I just she... say the obvious answer based on her mouth shape is hot dog. Our second story. I love after... sunflowers, though. I think sunflowers are my, they're my favorite flower. Hey, Shut hey, up, Tracy. Hey, who my was... name's half the show. <laughs> I'm going to talk. <laughs> I, I, I say that whenever, like, my wife's like, we should clean the toilets. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No, people don't care about that. <laughs> they they do really not. don't. I don't know how to make coyote skin boots. Steve will say, well, you know, I'm very anti-child molestation. Yeah, no shit. Who isn't? Who brought into question that sunflower seeds weren't great? You need to go to the cash and carry. They, they, they'll take good care of you. They got, they got pickled eggs and they got... Uh, <laughs> And they, they got your sunflower seed. They, they got a shit ton of sunflower seeds in there. Nonetheless, it's interesting and important for me. And in the future, maybe I will have a real person. But it's important that she or he likes my dolls, too. The rat is not there. No, of there's course a, not. There's yeah. a picture of the rat. The rat gets an award. The rat doesn't know. Yeah. The rat probably doesn't get anything special at all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I have ever trotted out the my name is half the show and I feel like Steve has trotted that out every six episodes. Every at least. Steve, what's going on there? You feel, you seem a little distracted. What do you got going on? Are you are you still trying to? The closest thing I have is polyurethanigamy. Show number 61 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me. I'm here 27 miles away is Steve. Hi, everybody. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. I always wondered how show 61 would go, and now I'm about to find out. Show 61 could have been labeled show number two, because our special guest tonight is an expert on number twos. He is the curator of DutyMan.com as well as Duty.com. Tracy and I go into depth as far as how we found out about his website back in the 90s. He draw, or at the time, he drew animated daily poop cartoons. And you might think to yourself, well, that sounds stupid and that sounds dumb and that sounds whatever you want to think. Or you might think, hey, that's kind of hot. Either way, the point is they were really well done. And if you don't believe us, listen to the interview and then go check it out for yourself. You can find Tom Winkler, who is our guest tonight, at his website, dutyman.com. We found him through his legacy website back in the day. He used to just have duty.com. Now he's expanded his empire, as you'll hear. And we have him on the show tonight. So before we get to anything else, we're going to jump right into our interview with Mr. Tom Winkler. Our next guest was one of the great pioneers of internet potty humor with his now iconic character, Duty Man. He was an animator on The Simpsons and a creator of the Whack Your Boss and Whack Your Computer mobile apps that have seen multi-million downloads. Tom Winkler now joins us on The Dave and Steve Show. Welcome, Tom. Yeah! Great to be here. Thank you. 
All right, so I have to. I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory, Tom, that you did not ask for and don't want, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> so Tracy and I used to work at a software company together that made computer games back in the, in the 90s. It was called Sierra Online, and that's how I first met Tracy. Uh, and this was in the days of the dot-com boom, all the things, all the fun things were going on with people discovering the internet, understanding how to use it, seeing what they could do. And one of the things at Sierra.com that we did not pass a week by without doing was checking duty.com. And for those of you listening who didn't know or don't know, duty.com was, again, in the early days of the internet, you could log in and you could see a very well-rendered drawing of someone pooping. And they, <laughs> they wrote it. Technically, it was an animation, not just a drawing. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and 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 these were refreshed very often. Daily, uh, they were daily. They were Monday through Friday, and it was it was the first daily entertainment website on the internet. See, this is amazing because oh, we didn't we wow. didn't know this. We just found this crazy website, and we loved sending it to each other around the office. And this thing would catch fire, like when it, when it when one went around that just everybody took interest in. The entire, from executives down, saw this on that day. It became this amazing thing. I went to a, uh, uh, I went to, went to many corporate meetings at that time because of the, the amount of attention that I got. And one of the guys there, he was like a CEO of one of these overfunded dot-coms. Somebody introduced me and he went, oh, you, the duty guy. And I went, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you stop our office like once a day. And he said, he said, it's the gopher effect. And I went, the gopher effect, what's that? And he said, well, we got this sea of 100 cubicles, and somebody's head pops up and goes, oh, dude, did you see duty.com yet? Somebody else's head. And as yo, they're sitting at the back in the corner offices watching all these heads pop up in the cubicles, and everybody, you got to check it out. And they'd all go back to their computers, and they'd, he'd lose about 10 minutes of his workday. So I want to yeah. know, I, I have to know, how did – how did you what made you start this i have so many questions around the genesis of this idea of why you decided to do this on the internet how in those early days i have done some animation as well in those early days animation tools especially digital ones were not great at all so i'm curious like what tools and how you started to craft that and sort of just the genesis all up of how you came to this this website yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm honored. I, I've actually been writing a one-man show around this whole thing where my plan is to project these cartoons on stage and I'll stand there and talk about them and all, everything you're asking. So, so uh, thank you. Um, so, okay. uh, so when you come to Seattle, we're hosting that at whatever theater and we're, yeah, we, we, we called it and we can't wait to do it. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'd be honored. Yeah. It's weird because COVID hit. I was writing it a year and a half ago and then like COVID hit and it was like suddenly I, I stopped. I, I, you know, I, I went on a hiatus from it just because it just felt so weird to be writing something sure. that like I'll never be able to perform, you know? Right. But hopefully with, with that will change. So, uh, yeah, at the time, a friend of mine, Mark, he introduced me to something called Splash, which later was called Future Splash and then later was called uh, uh, a Flash. And when I found, when he introduced me to Flash, I, I sort of, uh, it was an interesting time because like any entrepreneur, it's like you see, you connect the dots. Like if you're crossing the United States and you're like, wait, there's rivers and there's beavers and they have skins and these people have hats in New York. Right. What if we were to, you know? And so um, I was like, 
I'd learned how to do animation on the computer, which was kind of new to me at the time. On, on The Simpsons, we still were pencil and paper. And um, uh, I started to do this thing with animation. And then uh, Flash, it was really when Flash came along. It was Macromedia at the time. Right. And then um, I, had, I had done a few animations, uh, like a fish swimming and stuff like that. And then one day I sat back and I just said, well, what could I do next that would really crack me up? And I said, oh, what if I animate somebody taking a shit? <laughs> as Thank as you. one would yeah that's a that's Thank a very you. easy there, right? that's yeah. the end of the answer right? <laughs> would have been in my top three for sure yeah that and is I, the, I, I so the, many the, artists make that same journey of you start with the fish and then you want to see what it's like to draw somebody taking a shit like it's it's Thank uh, that's Thank you. yeah i mean michelangelo had done that on the sistine but they, 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 later they painted it out painted. um but they did that with him actually the naked butts you know about that no, on the, on the Sistine Chapel, there's a bunch of angels and stuff where there's naked butts. And year, like a hundred years later, they had somebody else go paint like little cloth, like drapey coverings that would just sort of magically only cover <laughs> that part of the butt. Take a look at that. The, the, yeah. It's like an aftermarket spoiler on a Honda Accord. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so, so I, I, I had done a couple of these animations, uh, and then. Really, honestly, it sounds funny, but this thing called the Internet was more and more in the paper. And at that time, it was a 28.8 modem. Yep. And these things called domains were for sale. And I did a few of these animations. And I was voted class clown in high school. And I was voted most artistic in high school. And at that time, I was 20. No, I was like 32 at that time, I guess. Or, so, or 34. I was like 33, 34 years old. And... uh I just said to myself, I bet you if I draw, if I could do an animation every day like this and put it on this thing called the internet, that I bet it would catch on. I wasn't thinking money. I wasn't thinking entrepreneurialism. I wasn't thinking business. I was just thinking, I bet I can get eyeballs. I bet, I bet people just like in high school that were like, this guy draws crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I thought to myself, if these, if I can get these same kind of crazy drawings in front of, 30,000 people or 300,000 people that the same thing would happen. They would kind of vote me to the top that I would, I would garner eyeballs and attention. So I went ahead and started it and, uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so you didn't start this with the idea that you're going to bankrupt corporate America by keeping people from doing their work during the work day. <laughs> you're just going to chip away at capitalism. Um, you know, one human hour at a time. Uh, that wasn't your, master plan it was just it was just getting getting eyeballs right well it was a little bit of that <laughs> it, it was it was this idea of i bet you people are interested in crazy stuff shit um <laughs> I, I, I bet you i can prove that given the choice people will want to see this crazy stuff so you know, I feel like I'm that. part of a great experiment, right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, like, here's the deal. It's, you know, the, I think it was Orson Welles said, a, a writer needs a pen, a painter needs a paintbrush, and a, and, a, and a movie maker needs an army. And animation, you need an army of people to make it and a lot of money to make it. And so prior to that moment, before Duty.com, you couldn't see this kind of animation. It, it would take a lot of money to produce it. And then it would take a lot of money to to get it into front in front of people. And so what you got instead was Pinocchio and Bambi and Bugs Bunny, which is great. But you didn't get the specific thing. And suddenly, the, as we all know, the filters were gone. There was no gatekeepers. Yeah. I could draw what I wanted quickly and ineffectively and inexpensively. 
I could put it on the internet and let the people judge if they want to see it every day and if they want to come back every day. And they did. Yeah. They totally did. Well, <laughs> and so the idea, go Tom, ahead. do you have any idea like what you said you were after eyeballs? Do you have any idea how many eyeballs like just with server traffic or anything from a statistic standpoint, like what kind of eyeball uh, volume were you grabbing there? And please let it be uh, an odd number. At the time I was, I was doing, I don't have number numbers, but I remembered uh, that Warner brothers said that I was getting more traffic than them. <laughs> so and yeah, this, it was... this brings me to the the point that I wanted to make for those because I I feel like we didn't give a lot of context around what this site was. When we say it was just an, it's dismissive to say it was just a site that had a daily animation of somebody pooping. And I say that because if it's a one trick pony, and that's all it is, and there's no real talent there, you don't generate the numbers and the longevity that you did you have a you have an obvious talent and i don't I, like people if you're listening to this and you've never seen duty.com you may be rolling your eyes right now saying like yeah what talent for shit drawings if you go and look you will understand the timing of these animations the rendering of the animations the overall theme behind the animations and the jokes that tom consistently came up with it, it's there again there's uh, to these guys you know we were talking tom before you came on in the weeks leading leading up to this there's a parody band by the name of steel panther it's like a heavy metal parody band in the los angeles area and they do they sing all the songs about boobs and drugs and all that because they're supposed to be a throwback 80s motley crew whatever type of they would have faded away very quickly were it not for the fact that they can play the shit out of their instruments they're incredible musicians and so it's the same thing with you. You are a talented artist who just happened to turn your craft in this direction, but that's what makes people cling on to this. At least for me, that's what it was. Like I loved seeing your animations. It's beautiful work. Thank you. Uh, a couple of points on that. One is there's this old sort of adage of, of uh, you go to the rodeo, it's very exciting and very fun and very interesting and very entertaining. And then the question is, what's, who's the most talented person at the rodeo? Right. And then the answer is the clown. Yeah. It's, you, yeah. You may be great at riding a horse, you know, and, and, and all that, but the clowns not only get into the ring with all the same danger, but they do it in such a way that they make kids laugh. And so, yeah, there was a sense of, yeah, I, I was an animator on The Simpsons. I could have kept going that route. I had done a little bit of acting. And I just suddenly this, this merging of this thing called the Internet and animation came together. It was so early, by the way, as a quick technical side note, that um, – I used to, when I first started it, I'd get these emails from people and they'd say, make it go. And I'd be like, what, what are they saying? And it turned out they always had an AOL address. And then I finally found out that AOL 2.0 didn't have the ability to show an animated GIF. <laughs> but AOL 3.0 did. So once I learned that, I was able to email them back and say, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, upgra upgrade your browser and you'll be able to see it. <laughs> yeah. And this was at the time when 28.8 modem, uh, like a, a 20 frame animation would take like sometimes a half a minute to download. So you'd have to watch frame by frame slowly, or it would sit there silent for 30 seconds until all the frames loaded and then it would play. You know, speaking of some of those frames and we, one of the things that was always really funny about these 
videos is that there was a there was this timing and anticipation of what was going to occur. So there was like an introduction, a little bit of backstory, and then like the buttocks of one of the main characters in it was going to be exposed. And you knew what was going to happen, but there was this little little moment you grabbed where you anticipated, you helped us anticipate very greatly in those milliseconds when the butt began to quiver. <laughs> And uh, it was signaling to the audience that something very awful was going to happen. Tell me, like, about how you like. Did you patent the butt quiver? I, I uh, no, I didn't. And uh, but there was one animation that I reused a lot, um, where I even heard some guys, a guy I know that does three D animation in like movies. They were going to do something with a dog taking a shit, and they brought up one of my cartoons as reference. <laughs> To, uh, so that's the equivalent of like Hanna Barbera with the uh, the background scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 exactly. And um, uh, but you know, but there was uh, Jim Malashuk at the time was the president of Warner Brothers Online. They ultimately, a lot of companies at that time saw my work and hired me then to do stuff. So they hired me to direct Adam Sandler's first short film on the web called The Peeper. And when I was first talking with Jim Malashuk, uh. Like we we're talking to a few people and they were saying, like you guys, why are these funny? Why does this work? And Jim was like a suit and tie. He was a, he was a great guy, business guy, just total, you know, very corporate, very different than my background. And he just turned to everybody like really quietly, just went, well, because it has story. And then he went back to what he was doing, you know. And and I did try to inject, even though these were just ten second looping pooping animations <laughs> um and by the way everybody we've been saying duty.com now they live on dutyman.com i kind of right. separated the two of them uh so there's that but but yeah i tried like friend and also i tried to put philosophy into a lot of them too there was the one with the hamster running on the wheel and his poops were going up around the wheel <laughs> and then gravity at the top would cause him to fall on the hamster's head and now it loops perfectly he's running and the shit is and there was this idea behind it of that if you just stop, maybe the shit will stop, you know? A lot of times we keep sabotaging our lives and we don't know why. And somebody says, you know, you know, I keep shooting heroin and I keep getting in trouble, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, or I keep dating girls at Crazy Girls Strip Joint and I keep winding up in jail. <laughs> like, well, maybe if you stop running, the shit will stop. Yeah. It's, it's like you're the Walt Whitman of, of potty uh, storytelling. Thank you. I feel heard. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I have to call my psychiatrist. Give me a second. <laughs> Why am I using a remote? I don't know. <laughs> Acting. He's just that good. Any any device becomes a phone. So, Tom, I so I have I well I have lots of questions, but one of the ones that I that just came up while we were talking about this because you said you had separated duty.com and dutyman.com and and I'm curious of that legacy duty.com URL. Have you looked to see how much that thing is worth? Not that much, a few thousand dollars. Yeah. I, I've looked it up. I think a few uh, thousand. It has, it has some uh, uh, street cred or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then my, my follow-up question to this, because obviously the, the darker, more twisted side of me realizes there's probably a couple of porn companies out there who would want to get their hands on duty.com, which only leads me to the question of not about porn, but Leads me to the question of when it comes to fan mail, fan art, those types of things, I have to assume you've gotten some weird stuff throughout your career. Okay, so this is going in the one-man show that I'm writing. 
uh, early on. So at that time, as I said, the animations would take about 30 seconds to load. So even if at that time, if you remember, uh, when you get an email from somebody, if it had an image, it would load like from the top and there'd be like a yep. and it, <laughs> yeah. almost like it was yeah. printing and it would take maybe 30 seconds for a picture to load. So I'd get this email from a stranger and, uh, um, I might've even walked away for a minute and come back and, uh, someone out there for some reason thought that I liked shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so... They took the time to take a picture in their toilet bowl of their bowel movement that day hmm. and had and were very gracious enough to send it to me thinking that I was a fellow coprophiliac, I think. Is that what they call it? A yeah. coprophiliac. <clears throat> and so uh, what was funny about that was I went, oh, my God, it's disgusting, right? And then about a week later, same thing happened. Somebody else did that. Then about a week later, I start to see the picture is scrolling and I start to see the white top of the toilet. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> I, I began to recognize it just by the top 110. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. I, I guess my follow-up question would be how many of those emails came from the address Tracy at Sierra.com? Because... Nah, maybe just Where's a the couple. Guy? Where's the guy? <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't have to answer that question. This is not a court of law. So, you had mentioned, Tom. You had mentioned the impact of of COVID, sort of on the writing of the one man show and things like that. I think we're, you know, we all at, at to different degrees felt the impact of that sort of pause. And hopefully, as you alluded to, we're getting back to normal. I have to assume, with a creative person like you, you spent a lot of that time sort of contemplating what you wanted to do when things sort of shifted back to normal. Part of that would be that one-man show. But I kind of want to know what you see on the horizon, what you see as next for this. It's probably over the top to call it an empire. Maybe you could call it an empire. I don't know. The longevity you've had, it, it could be argued that that's exactly what it is. But how, what is your, what's next for you with this, with this overall business venture idea that you've come up with? Well, thanks for asking. You know, I've been I've been really excited about these NFTs, and yeah. Charlie, my finger just sold for I think seven hundred thousand dollars, and um, I've got over a thousand of these original duty animations in their original format. You know, the high resolution format, and so I'm ramping up right now to release one of them to start as an NFT, and I'm still sort of working on a strategy on how to do it and you know how to get some press for it, and uh, even if the first one goes for a low price begin to build it up because I have a thousand of them so I can begin to release more right or try to do the first one with a big splash uh, <laughs> sorry I just again but, um, but yeah you know so, so regardless I'm still working on that strategy uh, I'm releasing a whack your boss uh, with a with a with a virus a covid 19 whack your boss I'm releasing as an app hmm. um, uh, and uh, what else you asked this, me about? this is the other thing so Tom just to to jump in on the whack your boss. So, you know, we talked the way, the way that you came about being on our show was we, we literally brought up one of the old Sierra stories and we were talking about this and on the air, we were like, I wonder if duty.com is still around. And we looked and sure enough it was. And so we're like, wow, we've got to have him on the show. But as we started to dig further, we realized that now there's things like you have released apps that if I'm not mistaken, have millions of downloads. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So th this is what blows yeah. me away is that you have not only you were not only there on the cusp of this sort of new thing working with. And let's be clear for anybody who's never used Flash. 
I used Flash in about 2000. That's when I started using it, and it sucked then. It was difficult. It was cumbersome. It was not a user-friendly tool. It just did what you needed to do, and it was about the only one that did, so everybody used it. So Tom not only started using a product that was very cumbersome to use, he had the foresight to put it on the internet. He put this all together in a package that obviously lots of people have seen, but then as time has gone on, you've diversified as well. And so I think that's, again, a really important thing to point out is that this could have easily been a flash in the pan, like, hey, I did these a few animations and haha, I had a good laugh with it. But you've, you've kept this going in a very successful way for a long time. Yeah, it's been, I've been really very honored and very, uh, uh, it's been a real gift. And yeah, and yes, we all have to uh, diversify or, or reinvent ourselves over the years. So about five or six years ago, uh, Florian came to me, a great guy from Germany. He was uh, in high school at the time. And he said, I'd love to turn your game, whack your boss into an app. And uh, long story short, we started a, you know, we started a partnership and he's been great. He's gone on to have a ton of success on his own. And so, yeah, there's been uh, uh, different iterations and now the NFTs possibly, um, you know, yeah, there's always like new frontier. I definitely like, like in terms of like, if I was in England in 1700, I would have come to the States, you, you know, just yeah. whatever the new, if there's if people are going to Mars, I'm going to Mars, you know, whatever the new frontier is. I just love the idea of newness. I love traveling. I've traveled many countries around the world and I love seeing new things, even if they're not new to somebody else. They're new to me, and I love I love traveling and seeing new stuff. Well, absolutely, Tracy. Go ahead. Did you have anything else? We're getting we're getting about to time, but I, I wanted to make sure nobody else had any questions. Steve, you, you look like you have a question. No, I, I I've just really I've just been enjoying the journey. Really, <laughs> it's been it's been very pleasant. <laughs> Tom, if you this. have anything that you're uh, working on right now that you want people to that people can access whether it's uh twitter social media or a website what uh where can people go to kind of see what you're working on right now uh the, the usual sites dutymanandduty.com uh whackyourboss.com they, they they need to be revamped but those are my initial portals and it's w h a c k whack your boss and duty man i never bought d o o d y.com boy i regretted that 20 years ago <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll be revamping those sites. The apps have been where most of my attention has gone for about the past five years. Uh, and so, and now I'm looking forward to, uh, I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll announce an NFT drop. And uh, uh, the one-man show is going to take some while to put it all together. It's really like making a feature film because it's an hour and a half of images plus talking. So it's really like making a feature. It's quite a behemoth. Well, I hope, and I'm, I'm not I'm not just blowing smoke. I say this in all sincerity. I hope that you keep us posted on the one-man show because I would love to have you back on, talk to you about it. And then, I mean, I, I could see the three of us very easily traveling to see your one-man show, even if you don't make it to Seattle, but I hope you make it to Seattle. Thank you. I, what, what's fun about it is there's the element of nostalgia where gentlemen like yourself and two or three ladies – <laughs> um, but, but people like yourself that grew up on this, they were 14 years old at the time. Now they're 35 or 40 years old. And just like for my era, wacky packages was the funny thing when I was a kid. No and doubt. So, so like now the idea of like a wacky package show coming to a theater where some, the creator of wacky packages were on stage. I, I, so that nostalgia element, it sells itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think there's going to be a huge audience ready for it. The moment it, it hits the stages. 
Yeah, I, you should have seen my face when I was trying to explain to my kids. Like, uh, we, we we had just left a t-ball party like uh, for the end of the season, and they're like, "Who are you having on the show tonight?" And so I was trying to explain this to them, and it, <laughs> there was silence in the car. <laughs> so there will be multi generations of people there as we sort of wrap around this whole sort of duty family to be able to hear you spin yarns about how. Um, not only how this came about, but a lot of the philosophy about it and how it's probably we take for granted how much how much how deep some of your um, your thoughts were uh, through sort of the 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 sort of the introductory portal of just pooping, which uh, which that's what brought me in. But it's the it's the deep <laughs> philosophy that kept me over the years. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's. You know, I, I've often said to friends, I don't know if I'll actually be able to use this as a tagline, but whatever the duty, you know, duty man, the 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 the, the one man show, the tagline would be, you know, I, I want to be the Tony Robbins of potty humor, <laughs> meaning like I followed my dreams, I did something that made me laugh. It cracked me up to make these animations, and I put them on the web, and it worked out. Like the people voted yes, the people said yes, and this idea that for any of us. You guys starting your podcast. Do you think people will be interested? Should we do this? I don't know. Let's just give it a try. I'm going to have fun doing it. Let's just do it. And I really want that to be the positive message during this duty, duty man, one man show, which is that I, and the same thing with whack your boss. I just drew a boss beating up his employee uh, the other way around. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Employee beating up the boss. The whole cubicle gets covered in blood. Uh, look for the flash game for that. The app I had to make clean up because sure. of the, uh, the, the new, the new, the new, rules of the world um but uh again it was like this makes me laugh and so i always try to say to anybody that has this little seed of an idea that, yeah try it do it don't don't say well it, it wouldn't work i mean who would have thought drawing cartoons animations of people shitting would have been in time magazine wired magazine right. magazine adam sandler wanted to work with me norm mcdonald i did the animated titles for his show i mean that's really the, the, the theme I, I would really want to share with people is that tr truly to follow your dreams, which sounds corny, and yet it's worked for me for 25 years. You know, and this is the best part of that, uh, this interview for me, is that when you're actually kind of, you you are telling us something that you actually lived and saw, but you were also like vulnerable enough to tell us, you know, your regrets about the D-O-O-D-Y.com and then, of course, not patenting the butt quiver. If there's still time to do that, I would suggest you you do that, though. <laughs> thank you. So, Tom, I want to thank you once again for being on the Dave and Steve show. We were super excited. We've been trying to get you for a while. We had some things that were standing in the way, but we're glad that we had this time tonight. And I just want to, everybody, just put your hands together once again for Tom Winkler. Yeah! <laughs> Once again, a big, once again, that's weird. Once again, a big thank you to Mr. Tom Winkler for joining us on the show. Wasn't he wonderful? He was. And I oh, also, before we get to anything else, I also want to say thank you to Tracy because Tracy was the one who really bird dogged this interview and chased Tom down and got him to agree to be on the show. Uh, Tracy, tell me for Steve's future benefit when he's trying to get a guest, did you actually have Tom pre-listen to the show? Actually, no. That was one of Perfect. the uh, yeah. one of the things I said. There's no reason to listen to the show uh, because uh, so many people do. There's yeah. no reason for you to. Yep. And he said, "Well, yeah, I'm busy anyway." And I go, "Right. So be on our show instead of listening to it." Okay. Right. Exactly. So, so you're saying I shouldn't 
direct them to, to the show. I've found great success in making sure that our guests never hear who we are. Right. To be, it's a, there's a direct correlation so far to uh, there's a success in landing them. As so a guest. Yeah. when, when an agent says, um, you know, this sounds great. Can, can we have a couple of links so that we can, uh, we can listen to the show or the, or the person can listen to the show? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, no, no. It would be no. pretty funny. It, in all honesty, in all sincerity, it would be pretty funny to take whatever the top podcast is right now. And I don't care which it, Joe Rogan. I don't know. I don't know what the top podcast is right now, but it would be funny to take an episode of that show and literally just put in fake bumpers saying that it's, it's the Dave and Steve show. It's like armchair expert. <laughs> and then just let the, the rest of the podcast episode play. So it sounds professional. But uh, so the the thing that I did notice about Tom is I think I couldn't quite tell. I think he might have been a little skeptical when I said we would travel to see the one man show. I was not blowing smoke in any way, no, shape, or form about uh, that. No, he thought we were. He thought we were being flattering, right? But and, and I, you're I going, think, yeah. I think, and we'll anywhere... make uncomfortable t-shirts for it too. <laughs> we'll all three wear uncomfortable t-shirts. Two sizes too small. Anywhere west of the Czech Republic. And probably east of it, too. We would probably travel to go see it. Well, Tom's down in California. I don't know if that's where he would kick it off or not, or if he would go to a smaller market so it was a little more affordable and easier to do. I don't know. But the plane tickets are, are dirt cheap to fly America if you're willing to fly on the cheap flights. And I'm more than willing to fly on a cheap flight to get to see DutyMan.com's one-man show. Oh, yeah. That's without a question. So... What what so if not in California, what do you think of the perfect market would be like Pocatello, Idaho? Or like <laughs> where, where are we to we talking like Frankfurt, Kentucky? Yeah. Like where where are we going on this? So I, I don't want I can't I can't go into many details on this. The game's already out, so I'm not I'm not saying anything that's not that hasn't been released or anything like that. But at a, there was a time where we were working on a game and the characters in that game were survivalists. And so we purposely picked a, a region of America that we had data on that showed not only were there a lot of video game players, but there were a lot of survivalists. So when we were <laughs> test marketing this game right. and we were running the concept past people, we did a workshop in that area. And let me tell you, survivalists are weird as shit. Video game players are weird as shit. A whole nother level is the survivalist who really likes video games. And we got a lot of those, and it was amazing to see. We had people telling us about the setup in their bunkers and how long they could play their Xboxes for after they got into their bunkers. I'm talking years, not days, that they would be able to sustain playing their Xbox, and they already had games that they had reserved and not opened up so that they could play. Like, it was crazy. So... So do you do you have any of the numbers where I can get some tips? Finding 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 that that cross section of people who are really into shit animation uh, and also like one man shows. I'm not sure where that is in the states, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's somewhere. It's, yeah, it's, and we it's just in southeast them. Ohio, is where, <laughs> it's, it's wherever Honey Boo Boo is the lieutenant yeah. governor. We, and we did, we just cornered the market on it, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I will do anything and everything I can to help Tom promote that because that was, again, and we'll move on from this because you heard the interview. We're not going to spend too much time on this. I, I will just say, Tracy and I, we've talked about this before. We've talked about what an integral part of our lives duty.com was at the time. As silly and weird as that sounds to say, nobody missed it. It was a thing that nobody in the office missed. And and I, I mean it when I say 
corporate people, the he- the corporate heads, right on down to the lowest member, which was probably me at some point of that company, watched those cartoons. So yeah, go was, go check was, them out. It was consistent. You could rely on it. It was good for a chuckle and some, and probably a little bit deeper thought than we're willing to admit. Uh, well, yeah. Why why wouldn't we admit that? I think it's okay I don't to know. admit that. Oh, okay. I, I'm, he maybe is the I'll admit Walt that. Whitman of storytelling potty humor. <laughs> that was the that was the that was the win, Steve. That one got him. He liked yes, that. There, one, so. there were uh, there were tears. There were tears in Tom's eyes. I did not mean to take a victory lap on that, yeah. but okay, whatever. I, I almost jumped in and said the guy that makes the the chocolate samplers, but I didn't. I didn't want to be that. <laughs> that so. would have been awesome. That would have been way better. That would have been like bump set spikes bike, you know, just. Yeah, that's uh, oh. that's uh, a lot better than the butt quiver. So I oh, so uh, I, I I want the as with anything. I want to find out what you guys did last week. But as with anything, anytime we have guests on or anytime we have something important going on with the show, something always goes sideways. And tonight it was the fact I told you guys. Uh, so I have a cat and I it, the cat and I, we've agreed that we should coexist in the same house together, but we don't like each other. We've entered into an agreement that we're here. We got to deal with it. But let's just act like the other one doesn't exist and, and we're good. This was the same cat, let me remind everybody who hasn't listened to the Legacy shows, that pissed on my last Paul guitar, like sprayed mm-hmm. the entire thing and just soaked it. So Cat and I aren't on great terms, never have been, but we, we coexist. So the cat likes to come in to my office at night, and that's fine. I've got some chairs in here, and he gets up in the chair typically and, and snoozes. But occasionally, I will find something. And it's it's almost like the elf on the shelf has been in the house. Some little knickknack is knocked over. Some little book is pushed off a shelf and laying on the ground. If I were anybody else, well, not anybody else, but if I lived 150 years ago, I'd probably just chalk it up to, I've got spirits in the house, something's going on. It's just my cat. My cat wanders around. He does things at night. He gets into mischief like all cats do at night. And so He's sending you a a message. Right. So Monday, I've got an early morning meeting. I've got a 7 a.m. as with everybody. It's a, you know, it's a team, Zoom, whatever you want to call it, meeting. It's an online meeting. And I go to log on. And... Uh, when I have seven o'clock in the morning meetings, I get up at about six fifty-three. That's I I cut myself about seven minutes to be able to to put my face on uh, and get seated and be ready to go. All I got to do is have a shirt on. Nobody needs to see what's going on down under, and and I'm fine. So six fifty-three, I belly up to the computer, fire things up. No internet connection. I'm like, oh okay, well. Our internet has been spotty, so it's probably just down again. So I start to do what I always do. I take my phone. I put it on cellular. I start using my phone. Now as the meeting's going on, it always, there's moments you got to be in the meeting. There's moments you don't really have to be in the meeting because it's not about you. So I've got my camera shut off now. Now I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I'm rebooting the modem. I'm doing all sorts of things. Can't figure it out. Finally, I realize an hour and a half into this troubleshooting that my router is unplugged. The power cord to the router is unplugged and there's little teeth marks on now i'm starting to see there's multiple teeth marks on multiple cords under my desk so this little shithead cat has been getting under there and chewing on these cords and he's i looked i i mean i went over him pretty thoroughly he hasn't done he hasn't chewed any enough that are they're like dangerous but he's starting to chew on cords so now the cat doesn't get to come in my office anymore we've established that so that's all fine. Smash cut to today. That was Monday. We get to today where we're going to have this interview. And for the interview, for the shows, for all that kind of stuff, I like to stand up. 
So I have a standing desk. I hit the button on my standing desk. It raises itself up. Well, I hit the button tonight. Nothing happens. Well, no big deal. I immediately, immediately think, oh, yeah, it's the quarter's plugged in the same spot. Cat probably unplugged it. Climb under the desk. Now, th- we're, we're about to go on with Tom. Tom's getting ready to join us. We're all up on the Zoom call. Things are about to happen. I climb under the desk. I go to plug in my desk, which is, of course, unplugged because of the stupid cat. And as I plug it in, I push the, the uh, power strip too hard, and it literally disconnects the router from the other socket. So now it's the scramble thing of like, now I'm trying to get the other one plugged back in. I'm hitting my head under the desk. I look up on the, I look up at my screen to see if things are coming back. Tracy is just frozen on the screen. Nothing's working. I'm in a complete panic thinking I'm going to have to do an entire interview from my phone. Like this is going to be crazy. And then right at the last second, everything kicked back on. Tom came on. We had a great time. So it was great. But short answer is free cat. If anybody wants a cat, I've got one you can take right now. And it's one of those rag, it's one of those fancy ragdoll ones that everybody goes ape shit over because uh, Grumpy Cat was a ragdoll cat. You right. can have this cat, and I will make sure he's grumpy before he joins a you. Lovely, lovely looking cat. Sheds like a mofo. They shed something awful. It is, it is nasty. He laid well, down on a chair. Well, to be fair, so do you. And, right. And so, yeah. <laughs> it's true. But I don't leave a. I don't leave a pile of hair. Well, maybe I do. I don't think I leave a pile of hair when I get up from a chair. And he does. Every time. Every single time. All right, Steve, what did you do last week? There, there was not a lot of activity last week. Mm. Nothing good. Yeah. I, you know, I try to get in adventures. I try to, you know, I, you I, I, tried to, I tried to start some shit at a mini mart, but nothing, you know, just, just. A lot of nothing. I, I can tell you that I'm starting to get obsessed with the whole um, uh, congressional um, report on uh, unexplained aerial phenomenon. Um, all of the UFO. I'm 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 starting to because it it came on NPR. They had a they had a big segment in the morning a couple of days ago on UFOs, and and I'm like. What the hell is going? It's 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 in the Washington Post. It's in the New York Times. It's all this, you know. It's video. It's all this stuff. There's new video that's coming out. It's crazy, you know. Use I'm just the, uh, I'm, use the initial the abbreviation NPR. I'm not familiar with that. What is that one? That's uh, National Public Radio. Never heard uh, of it. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, you're paying for it. So, um, it's uh, it's it's like it's like the only radio I really listen to. So, it it's just. It's all over the place and it's everywhere. And I'm just wondering, are, are they just kind of ramping us up? Are they getting are they getting ready to, you know, open up the vault and let everybody kind of figure it's like, hey, oh, oh, by the way, we just came out of a pandemic. Um, there's uh, there's uh, other other beings from other dimensions <laughs> right, or yeah. other. Yeah, they're they're here. Don't worry about them. Can I, can, I, can I just ask a question? And this has bothered me for so long. When I saw footage of UFOs as a kid in the 80s that was footage that was supposedly captured in the 60s or whenever it was, it was grainy, shitty, black and white footage where you saw a blob move across the screen in the sky and you were like, what was that? I can't tell what it is. I now own a ring camera that I bought for about 100 bucks that hangs in front of my door and when the driver from Amazon comes up to deliver my packages, I can see he has a tattoo on his neck that reads, I love vaginas. Why can the U.S. government not get a camera that shoots something that doesn't look like it was captured from the 1960s. Those all the footage that you see that is from today, and I don't mean today, but I mean captured within the last few years, 
Still looks like it was captured on the Fisher Price phone or on the Fisher Price camera from the 1960s. I don't understand. Okay, so a uh, couple of theories <laughs> because I because I'm all totally wrapped up in this. A couple of theories on that when th- when when they're appearing, they appear with light. It's mostly light. So when you're taking a picture with a lot of cameras, a lot of the cameras have to um capture the light and they don't do very well so it gets kind of grainy and it's you know a lot of the stuff happens at night um it's it's hard to capture that in a way that you know makes sense because it's not like it's not like an alien airplane where they have you know numbers on the fins of it or anything like that it's just this you know think of it if they're traveling faster than light they they can't be just you know, piles of scrap metal that they hurtle through the air with. That's you know. a, that is an interesting perspective. And it makes me think back to what Dave was saying about the UPS driver's uh, tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was on NPR and I'm just like, what the hell? This is, it's everywhere. Why are we not talking about this? It's all over like national, national public radio. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to check gonna it out. out. You can listen. It's 94.9 KUOW. You can I, check I, it out. Listen, I had some, I had some kids in the car with me the other day and one of them asked the question as kids do, you know, just right out of the blue. Do you think there's aliens out there? And my response was, and this is the response that I give to everybody. I don't care what your faith is. I don't care what your religion is. I don't I don't care anything about that. I have eyeballs. And if I look up into the sky, I see lots of stars. And if every one of those stars has the potential to be our sun with planets rotating around it, then there's probably a good mathematical chance that one of those planets is close enough to that fireball that it's heated it and allowed life to live on it. Doesn't mean it is intelligent life probably is again if you look at how many stars are out there there's there's a good chance that there is but just like we talked about on a show not too long ago there are things like octopuses we just we're watching we're deep we're deep in the throes of my octopus teacher now my kids were they were poo-pooing the shit out of that thing when we started watching it and now they are all in like this octopus i will say the guy has a really unhealthy obsession with the octopus i leaned over to my wife and whispered at one point that guy's going to f that octopus but <laughs> at the same time, you see, you see how, how unique and how interesting that creature is. It's very possible that an octopus is an alien or that octopuses are aliens. I'm sure people will poo-poo that as well. I'm just saying the point is, if that were to be an alien, let's just say octopuses are aliens. That's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like We could have things like that out there that we're just not aware of in the vast crevices of the universe that have actually paid visits to us, or we could have what Steve is alluding to, which is people who can ride balls of light and turn every camera into one that was made from the 1960s. So you're saying they could be hiding in plain sight or or they could just be always uh, in grainy film. <laughs> right. Well, there there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of documentaries that you can stream on the subject and some, and, and, and there, it is a sliding scale. Oh yeah. Uh, It is a, it like, there are some that are just like, what somebody just set a camcorder on a guy and let him talk. And it was, and, and it was not okay. Um, But the thing is, is like, there's like cases that are made like, Hey, this is what we think. This is, you know, this is all the evidence that we have around it. This is all the, this is all the stuff that we have. We, and this is what, like they they present like a solid case and then there are 
the cases way over here that are like totally like weird conspiracy conspiracy stuff you know intertwined and then then there's the middle where it, the venn diagram overlaps a little bit a fun right? fact by the way is i almost named my son conspiracious conspiracious oh, yeah that, that would be, um yeah. I was really hoping you'd let that go, but never, never sounds, does Dave, never Dave, never times, never times does Dave let that go. It sounds like an, a model of vehicle that Ford would have come out with in 1988. The conspiracy. 1988 conspiracy. <laughs> the Ford conspiracy. Yeah, it was, a, it was a sedan with a, with a bench seat in the back and a Landau window. Envision <laughs> mediocre travel to mediocre places in the Ford conspiracy. You're rolling into Omaha. I, I guess my point is this: I'm I I truly not trying to get into philosophical debates with people around who created what or where it came from or anything like that. My point is literally just: we've done enough research now. We've looked. We've done enough science that we can establish that again. There is the potential for the stars that you see in the sky having planets rotating around them. So if you've got more than let's say 10 your chances are pretty good and i think we have more than 10 stars last i counted but i'm not positive well i mean one would i have some videos to show you that shows you that uh that's all not true <laughs> um so anyway I'll, I'll link them to you after the show <laughs> we're all on a giant sound stage yeah hey uh we're living in the matrix before we get to what tracy did last week very briefly i wanted to tell the story because steve you said i'm gonna i've been trying to start some shit in the mini mart so Steve, Steve and Tracy know this story, but I'm going to tell it very briefly. I'll tell it quickly here. So uh, where I bought my first house in the town that I used to live in, it was not too far from a prison. It was in the sort of the sort of more challenged part of town, I, I guess you could say. And not too far from us was a mini mart. And that mini mart became lovingly referred to as Drunk Ladies Mini Mart. And the reason that it was referred to as Drunk Ladies Mini Mart is because every time you went in and bought something there, you could smell the alcohol on the woman's breath who worked there. And not just a little bit, it was a lot of alcohol. And you smelled and, it. And you did refer to it as that. You're like, oh, we, hey, we'll just head down to Drunk Ladies. And, yeah, and just... yeah th that was that was like, I thought it was called Drunk Ladies Mini Mart. I, I thought there'd be a sign up there with, you know, like um, the R and the U burned out. I would have people come into town and without even thinking, you know, they'd, they'd come into town and I, we'd want to go, like, get some sodas or something. And I'd say, you want to hop in the car with me and go to Drunk Ladies to get some sodas? And they would look at me sideways like, what the hell are you talking about? And then I'd, oh, yeah, okay. Sorry, I've used this enough. I'm used to it. So anyway, Mini Mart, Drunk Ladies. It's, it's, think of your, like, typical, like, downtrodden Mini Mart where they've got, like, ding-dongs that have probably been in there since the turn of the century uh, they have weird off-brand sodas you've never heard of before sitting next to the, everything's got dust on it. Like one of those places. So cans of Dinty Moore stew with, with semi-racist yeah, yeah, yes, taglines. Yeah. Con Confederate flag on the Dinty Moore. Like, <clears throat> so, so I go to this mini mart with my sister. Now my sister is very tall and very slender. She's six, three, six, four. And she, she wears, weighs like 110 pounds. I mean, I'm, I'm being, I'm joking a little bit, but Steve knows not by much. So we go to this mini mart and we're getting our stuff, just typical stuff, whatever we're buying. And there's this sketchy looking kid in there with us. And when I say kid, I, I don't know. He looked like he's probably 18, but I, he could have been a little younger, could have been a little older. I don't know. So we're in getting all of our stuff. And my sister comes over to me and she says, Hey, I just saw that guy shoplift. And I said, did you really? And she's like, yeah. So we already had our stuff. So I just went right up to the front counter to pay. And I said, Hey, just so you know, 
um, that guy put some stuff in his clothing. Um, and the woman, the drunk woman, looked right past me and said, hey, hey, you, come over here. Like, didn't let us get out of the store, didn't let us avoid the awkward confrontation of her catching the shoplifter, just now started completely ignoring me and went right to the guy who was stealing stuff. So this guy, he says, I'm leaving. I said, you're not leaving. And I start to kind of box him in. And what happened was she stood on one side behind the counter. And I sort of, without touching him, I sort of corralled him back behind the counter so that he was standing back there as well. And now he's in between the two of us. My sister's now standing at the, at the customer spot as though she's about to pay for something. She's got a brother standing on one side of this guy and a drunk lady standing on the other. So this guy decides he's going to bolt. He tries to climb over the counter. He tries to run. Without thinking, because I, I, again, as Tracy and Steve will attest, I am not the heroic person. I am not the person who's going to run towards the screaming. I'm going to run with everybody else who's running away from the screaming. So, but for whatever reason, I decide I'm going to grab this guy. So I sort of grab him from behind. He's trying to get out the door, so he's got his back to me. And I sort of climb on him is the best way to describe it. In sort of a piggyback style. Now, this guy, I mean, he didn't weigh much at all. It, again, 100 pounds if, if we're lucky. This was when I was in my heavy phase without question. So we're talking between 285 and 295, depending on exactly when during the heavy period we're talking. Depending on how many ding-dongs you had bought from the <laughs> drunk lady that day. <laughs> and I just sort of ride this guy to the ground, okay? So now I'm on top of this guy on the ground. And he's squirming and fighting. Yes, I know these are all drops. I'll get them next week. He's squirming and fighting. And I'm saying, you know, just be cool. Just stay still. The woman's now got the, the police on the phone. She's saying, you know, I got this guy. There's a guy on top of him. He was trying to steal stuff. We've got him subdued here. You got to get down here. So all this stuff is happening. And I've got my back now to the door because as we sort of wrestled around, now I, I'm, I've got my back to the door. And I'm literally holding both of his wrists as he's face down. He's screaming, you're hurting me. I'm going to sue you. All those different things. I'm just saying, you know, stay calm, stay calm, knock it off, hold still. And the next thing I know, I've got a gun pointed at the back of my head. Police officer comes through the do door, gun drawn, and says, get off of him. So, of course, I've got a gun pointed at my head. I oblige very quickly. I get off the guy. So now they take him outside. And the police officer is talking to this guy outside. He's got him against the car. And we can hear him through the window. So the drunk lady standing there with me, she said, what did he steal? I don't know. My sister said she saw him stealing stuff. So you didn't see him steal anything? No, but she did. And Kim's, my sister, Kim's nodding. She's like, yeah, yeah, he, he put some stuff in his clothes. Meanwhile, outside the window, I'm hearing this police officer say, what did you take? I didn't take anything. Where is it? There's nothing. You can search me. I have nothing on me. You had to have taken something. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here right now. Well, I haven't taken anything. I am now starting to sweat profusely because, <laughs> and I'm looking at my sister and the look on my sister's face is, oh, maybe I didn't see anything. I don't, she's kind of giving me the shoulder <laughs> shrug. Like, ah, hey, hey, maybe, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so you called her drunk lady. I got caught up in the moment. I don't know. So <laughs> I, finally I hear the officer say, and I think this used to be a drop on the show and I'm not going to get it perfectly right, but he basically says, uh, show me what you have or I'm going to strip you down naked right here in front of everybody and get it myself. And so the, when he says that, the guy finally relents and then he starts pulling out 
candy bars and to steve's point cans of denty more with the with the confederate flag on them whatever they were he he had half the store in his pants i mean he's now putting it up on the police car he's setting candy bars all these different things up there and at that point i was like oh thank god and so the police officer came in asked me to write a statement so i wrote this little statement on a piece of paper i said do i have to worry about getting sued or anything like that he's like no i didn't see anything and he looks at the drunk lady he's like did you see anything she's like no he's like all right head out so we so this is how it works (laughs) we paid for our stuff and can i just say the only thing that burns me about this story to this day to this day we had two sodas and we had two i don't know like think like moon pie or something we had about eight dollars maybe total in items and she still made us pay for it after all that after me riding this guy to the ground after getting a gun pointed at my head after staying there and filling out all this stuff she still made me pay the eight dollars for the food that i got she should have just given you a lighter or something yes yeah, some, some little counter, tchotchke yeah. something like the incense sticks kind of commemorative you've... little zippo that says <laughs> hero on it <laughs> <laughs> that you've had back there since 1963 when the store opened. All right. So anyways, uh, that was a complete aside. But Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, one of the major things that I did uh, last week was I went into the office. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been open. And so I didn't want to, uh, but I also didn't want to be home either uh, <laughs> because my kids have come home from school. And I thought, well, I'm choosing between home or work. And, and my, my wife was saying like, why, why are you going into work? I mean, is that, is it better there? And I'm like, well, actually it's like, it's like buying a shit sandwich, but you get to pick your favorite bread. And so <laughs> it's not, it's not ideal, but I mean, you're just kind of, you know, you have control of certain things and maybe uh, it's a bad analogy. It doesn't really, doesn't. No, really, no, that's a good one. Well. I'm going to use it. It's, I'm it's going to use it. And it's very apropos. It's it's very apropos for our guest tonight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I've gone into the office, and it was interesting. I saw a documentary years ago on Chernobyl, and uh, where you could go into Chernobyl and see um, stores and different things where they are just kind of frozen in time, where everybody has sort of vacated the area because, of course, of the. Yep, I love those. I love when they do the tours, even though I know that that person's going to die of cancer six months later. I love seeing the tour. Yeah, but what a what a way to go that yeah. is what you're trying to point. If you if you were going to go of cancer, you definitely wouldn't want to go seeing those types of things. Yeah. So my 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 workspace at, at, at work has was really just Chernobyl. It was like there was a a newspaper on my desk from 1988. There was <laughs> there was uh, there was there was like things notes on the on the notes uh, on things and in stickies and in things that were once important that have now are are anachronistic and, and zebra striped gum half a feral Sunday. Now, <laughs> now I just picture now I just picture the headline on the 1988 newspaper reading man foils robbery attempt at drunk ladies mini mart <laughs> yeah so it was it was kind of like haunting a little a little yeah. shocking yeah and uh, there was there was a little like I don't know a little effluvia anywhere just kind of just a surface sort of layer of some un, unknown clearly radiation yeah i was gonna something... ask if you had the the geiger counter 
Yeah, I mean, it was in in a in a family of raccoons that were living under my de desk. So, yeah. but I have been there. I w worked there for five days, um, and I will tell you, quite interestingly, that I hate every minute of it. Yeah, absolutely. There, there has not been a minute minute uh, there that I haven't thought that uh, um, that I I just want my life to end really quickly. Oh. Uh, but then, uh, the, but then quitting time comes, and then that subsides <laughs> only until I uh, actually get home. So anyway, it's just very interesting. You, you miss that feeling because we used to, we all used to have that feeling every day of our lives, and now we've gotten to the point where we've realized we don't have it anymore, and it's going to be hard to feel that feeling again. I I really wanted to refresh the hope that I was feeling at home, right? And so I was taking it for granted, but now that I'm home. It's it's only I, I'm understanding how much marginally better it is to be here in yeah. my home with my family than it is to be at at work, um, making sure that uh, as insurance companies understand uh, that it, from an actuarial standpoint that I'm going <laughs> to die a lot earlier because of every moment that I'm there. So being at home, it's not so much picking your bread; it's more of an open face shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That, that 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 is well said. That well said. That's that's what I did. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show. It was a bright summer day, and I was enjoying my two favorite things: dogs and cupcakes. And that's when it hit me. A million dollar idea. Hi everyone. My name's John Tortello, owner and operator of John Tortello's world famous Defa Cakes. As I sat in the warm sun watching my dog play with the other dogs at the dog park. I noticed a pile of excrement on the ground next to me. I took a bite of my chocolate cupcake just as the aroma of that poo hit my nose. And bam! The idea hit me square in the face. Little dog crab shaped cupcakes. Brilliant, ain't it? We got everything from our indulgent bull mastiff monster cakes to our docks and mini bites for those of you watching your waistlines. Whatever your preference, I guarantee you've never had more delicious poop flavored pastries. And you can take that straight from me, John Tortello. And don't forget about our Build Your Own Toppings Bar, where you can drizzle warm fudge on the defecake of your choice, sprinkle some nuts on top, and maybe finish it off with a piece of candy corn or two. At John Totello's world-famous defecakes, we ain't here to tell you how to do your business. So come on down to John Totello's world-famous defecakes on the north side of Southampton in the East Town Shopping Mall near the Western Clothing Store. You'll know you're getting close by the aroma and by me, John Totello. Waving you in with a smile on my face and chocolate on my fingers. When you want a treat that looks like poop, you gotta listen closely cause here's the scoop. Just grab your hat and jacket and head on down cause John Tortello's got the best crap in town. Look, there's no other way to say this except to just come right out and say it. Sunflowers are a freak show of flowers, and their seeds are a pointless novelty. I'll begin by pointing out the obvious. Sunflowers just look stupid. Their oversized, ridiculous faces of varying colors look like a mistake. Like if you drew a flower like that and it was a perfect representation, someone would most certainly say, those flowers you drew are stupid, and yet they're too big. Start over. Better yet, throw away your paper and never draw again. Sunflower seeds are about as meaningless as the stupid flower they come from. And so help me if you say, but you can make yummy sunflower butter from them. I'll punch you in the throat. 
This has been what Steve imagines people say about sunflowers. Minute. See, Steve, I told you the minute wasn't about you this week. Uh, the, yes. Uh, yeah. I, it, yeah. I, I'm with Tracy on this one. I always, I, I, I always find a way to make it about me. Yeah. They're freakish looking flowers. And I, I think that the bloom of the sunflower is beautiful. <clears throat> but if you actually look at the stem and the stalk, I don't know what you'd call it, of, of a sunflower, it's ugly. It's a hairy, weird, green thing. Like the, I think, I think they get a pass because the actual bloom part is is nice looking. That's the only reason. It's when you talk about the opening band coming out with doing a great cover song at the end of yeah. their crappy set. Yeah. That's basically the sunflower. That yeah. it's just ugly all the way to the end, and then finally it shows you a bright flower, and then you're like, oh, I guess I, I guess I like that. So the, I still like them. The. the I, I have a question for you guys, and, and this might be really fast, or we might get into something here, but I was just curious. So uh, my cousin, I was saying before the show started, my cousin had a horrific, catastrophic knee injury uh, just last night. Stepped off a, a simple step on his back patio onto his patio, not on level ground. He was, he, uh, he was stepping onto just concrete and blew his knee out completely completely dislo dislocated his knee tore everything in his knee except for one tendon and is in the hospital now awaiting surgery to get it repaired because they can't get it reconnected so he i actually texted him because i'm such a jackass this guy's in complete pain and i texted him and said get well soon if you need anything let us know but i spelled it k-n-e-e-d uh and and because i'm close to my cousin i knew he'd get a kick out of it he responded back and said I wish I had a better story for this than I stepped off a six inch step onto my patio and I had my son in the car with me. And I said that to him, you know, cause we're sitting in the parking lot. I, I said, you know, Hey, this is what Ryan said. And he responded, uh, yeah, that's a horrible story to share with the chicks joking as well. So I, I texted Ryan and I said, Hey, my son wants to be able to use that story for the chicks. Would you mind? And, and you know, we had a good laugh all around, but what it made me realize is he's right. You're going to have scars. You're going to have surgery. You're going to have people asking these questions. You're going to be in this knee brace forever. You're going to be doing physical therapy. You're going to have to talk to the physical therapist, all the people that work there. Oh my gosh, what happened? Oh, what happened to you? Oh, how'd you do that? And it is, I stepped off a six inch step onto concrete and my knee exploded. Yeah. So I have, for me, I have these scars like on my arms and things where I got little fatty cells removed. They're little think of some of them could get as big as like a golf ball, like a half golf ball. Most of them are about the size of like a pea or a grape. Like, but I would get these lumps in my arms and in my legs. And after a while, they would literally start to give me problems because they would start to push through the surface of the skin and they'd get painful. So I'd go in and I had a surgeon who would literally just numb me up and, and cut all these out. And I'm left with these scars and I forget about them. So if I put like my arms up on the top of my head, if I'm like relaxing somewhere or something, People will say, oh, my gosh, what is going on with your arms? Not not in a like uh, I elephant man sort of way, but they, they will ask, like, what happened? Because and I've had multiple people say this. They look like gunshot wounds. They look <laughs> like I've been shot several. Like, I look like I'm 50 cent. Like I've got <laughs> I've got bullet holes all through my body. And you, I have been hit with a few shells. Now you walk with a limp. Yeah. And I have yeah. to tell them, like, it's not anything cool at all. 
I just had fatty cells removed from my. I had fat lumps removed from my body, and these are the scars. Like I have no cool story here. So I was curious if either of you had anything similar on your body where you have this scar or this thing where people think there's something badass about it, and it's really, it's really pretty shitty. On my on my right wrist, I have a story that uh, starts off really badass and then degrades into just uh, just stupidity. Um, so I have a, a, a surgery wound basically on the wrist of my, the inside wrist of my right hand. And it, if you look at it, you can see it's, uh, it's about uh, three inches long. And so uh, every once in a while, people will say, you know, depending on, you know, wh- how visible that scar is, they'll say, well, hey, what happened? And yeah. I will say, this is the part where it sounds really cool. Well, hey, I, I had a mishap with on a motorcycle. And that sounds like, oh, it's kind of badass. What were you doing? A wheelie or, you know, jumping across a football field or something like that. Um, but uh, what actually happened is I was at an intersection and I put my right leg down where my pant leg caught on the uh, <laughs> on the foot peg and I couldn't get my leg down and I just toppled over <laughs> and I fell down and I busted my wrist right there. I had some teenagers stop because I'm kind of just laying there on the ground. After and they're they, like, are you okay? After they watch like, you in really... slow motion fall over at a stop sign. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was nothing. There's no like, there's nothing badass about it. I just quite literally couldn't get my foot down and then just slowly just fell over. <laughs> and so they were like, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, I hurt my hand. Can you roll my bike back to where I was just like a block away yeah. from where I started? Yeah. And, uh, and they were like, what did you do? And I was like, uh, I'm not exactly sure. And so um, I had to explain this story all the way. I mean, just every to everybody who sees a scar and the insurance company and everybody. And they would, of course, they would be like, okay, let me get this straight. Can you repeat this again? And I think that was simply just to record it or to make sure I could yeah. retell the story for yeah. everybody who was yeah. in the office that day. But uh, yeah, that's it's, my story. Steve, we're going to find out if you got one. I just traced Tracy, you reminded me. So this is in, I have scars on my forearms. I have two scars and I have a scar on my on my pinky uh, on the left side of my body. And when people ask me what happened, the first thing I say is, oh, well, I put my arm through a window once and they say, wow, that's wow. what you like angry or something. And then I go on to tell them the story of my good friend Toby in high school was doing the icky shuffle uh, as we headed to lunch and he was dancing so violently that he stepped in front of the door that I was trying to push open with my hand on the glass and it hit, <laughs> it hit his foot and my arm went through the glass. Like the icky shuffle is forever marked on my body in that way. Uh, and it's the same kind of thing. You start out telling that story, you're like, man, put your arm through a window. And then when you get to the icky shuffle part, people are like, well, okay, well, that's not quite as cool as I thought it was going to be. But Steve, how about you? So I have, a, I have a couple of things, <clears throat> not so much, well, one of them scarring, but the other one is not. Um, so during, um, during allergy season, uh, particularly a few years ago, I would be dehydrated and I'd get these really deep, dark circles underneath my eyes. And I just kind of didn't pay attention to it. Um, I worked in a 
you know, environment where I was in a cubicle and nobody was really asking. People just kind of got used to my face looking like that. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> do, do you know the story? No, I'm laughing because people got used to your face looking like that. Yeah, people just, just had to get used to my face. Um, so anyway, I have these big dark circles. But I walk around with it and, you know, nobody, nobody says anything. Whatever. Not that big a deal. So we get pulled in my my work group gets pulled into this meeting with like the executive GM, like super like high mucky muck at Microsoft. That's in charge of all of services, like all of the whatever. And, right. And, and my friend uh, that I worked with Todd was friendly with her. So he goes and he introduces me say, Oh, um, hey, so and so, this is um, uh, this is my friend Steve. He works on the team with me. And she reaches out sh to shake my hand. She looks at me and she says, "Oh, what happened to your face?" <laughs> and and I thought Todd was going to wet his pants. She <laughs> thought that was so funny because I just said, "You know, it just looks like this." And you know, I just. <laughs> Life, Nothing. life um, happened to my face. Yeah, I, uh... that, that almost reminds me of the time that you had a job interview on the old <laughs> show, and you went and, and shook hands with the guy that you're interviewing with, and then he said, uh, "You're gonna wash your, you need to wash your hands because I think <laughs> Yep, that was awesome too. Um, so, so that was great. Um, because I just looked like I'd been punched in the nose yeah. and yeah, like yeah. two black eyes. But no, nothing. Um, so the other the other day I was driving, um, was driving back, I think, from the gym or whatever. And I looked down at my arm and I and I was like, oh, my God, like. <laughs> do I? I am strong. No, I said, am I? A, am I a junkie? I have all these puncture marks in my arm where I've given blood, but it but it looks totally yeah, like yeah, junky yeah. track marks yeah. up, um, up my arm because I used to go to this, um, this place that would, uh, that would take my blood. It's one of the reasons why I don't go very often anymore. Every single time it was the same lady and she was a butcher. Like, I don't know where she learned how to draw blood. I've had blood drawn from folks that, great like did i didn't even uh, work at a convenience store by dave's house yeah, right. exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. she looks familiar um but it, she used to she'd have to dig at it yeah so, so the um you're seeing the, actual... the skin like lift up as the needles like digging around in there oh it's terrible yeah. and and so she left serious marks that look unprofessional like yeah. i did it myself with my own hypodermic needle <laughs> um so I have all these things and I, and I look down and I'm like, I'm walking around with like short sleeves. I could like scare straight some kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could just walk in yeah. and say, Hey, you guys know what this is? Yeah. These, these are the tracks of me chasing the dragon. <laughs> I, I don't know if chasing the dragon is, is that what they call it? I think it's still well, a very hip term, Steve. Yeah. Okay. I think you're all good. right. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's the only thing I I, I look like a heroin user. Have you? We're and... gonna get to, we're gonna get to headlines, but have you guys ever, Steve? I know you haven't had a ton of you've had the the blood experience for sure. Tracy, you've had surgery experience. I've had a lot of surgery experience. 
every hospital, every prep room, every whatever you want to call it works exactly the same way. You go in and the first thing they want to do is get you hooked up with an IV, whether yep. you, you need to get your night night medication or whatever it might be. So they want to get the IV in. It always works the same way for me, which is I get on the bed. They come in. They say, we're going to do the IV. They've got the same little packet. They're tearing things open, getting it all ready. And I say, my veins are really hard to hit. Everybody has a problem hitting my veins. The person says, I think I'll be okay. They spend the next 45 minutes trying to dig a hole completely through my arm to the other side. And then the same thing always happens. Regardless of the hospital, regardless of where you are, they, they bring in the ringer. And the ringer always looks the same. It's always a woman who is probably in her 50s or 60s. She has a butch haircut. She could be Cagney or Lacey. She has been around the block many, many, many times. She comes in. She sits down. She introduces herself. And in three seconds, the IV is in your vein and working as it should. And I don't know if this is the same woman who gets a bat signal and has some way to transport herself quickly to all these hospitals. But in my experience, it's always the same woman. And she nails it every single time. She pulls yeah, her special mind. case out of her pocket <laughs> that she carries with her, with her own. She makes, it's just like the guys that, that, that make their own uh, ammunition at home. It's, She's it's a tiny making... pool cue case that she has. Yeah. That she, <laughs> that she opens up. And, it, and it says world's greatest phlebotomist. <laughs> <on it>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. During my last, um, during my, well, I say last, like I've had many colonoscopies. I've had one. Right. But uh, the the only uh, hole that really hurt that day was the one in the back of my hand where what you described, Dave, was exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's always the grizzled ringer that they bring in who just who gets it every time. I don't know. But they should if that person's not getting paid a lot of money, they should be getting paid a lot of money. And they should just be the first line of defense. If, if an IV has got to go in, they should call Cheryl, have her come right down and do it because. I, I would much rather have that than what I've had in the past, which is what you described, Steve, of a, your arm looking like it's a, a junkie from downtown New York. Yeah, war zone. Yeah, that's the that's the problem with Cheryl is that nobody's uh, insurance covers her until your arm's been poked to hell and the doctors <laughs> actually called Cheryl and the and the insurance uh, company themselves. Yeah. To say, hey, uh, can we finally bring Cheryl in? Now you know, get him two more times. We're we're gonna finally bring Cheryl in, and we're also gonna finally get to the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, yeah! Our first story, a strange sighting of an unknown species of bright orange bird was discovered and rescued by concerned members of the public, but it turned out to be a seagull covered with curry and turmeric. <laughs> so if you guys, if you know anything about video games, there's a beloved franchise called Banjo-Kazooie, and the bird's name is Kazooie. Look up Kazooie and look up this article, that this story that Tracy's referring to, because it's the same damn bird from the video game. It's a bright orange bird. That they <laughs> yes, they thought they were onto something. But with that, turmeric is is good to keep the bird's inflammation down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The herring gall was spotted on the A41 and taken to Tiggywickles. 
Wildlife Hospital in Haddenham, Buckinghamshire. Uh, hospital staff have said the bird somehow gotten himself covered with curry and turmeric. The bird named Vinny, after a vindaloo curry, was scrubbed clean by staff and said to be looking much better. Staff said the gall the eventually let them uh, scrub him clean. The uh, wildlife hospital said that the blend of spices was all over the bird, preventing him from flying properly. The the names alone. <laughs> the Tiggy Wickles. Tiggy Wickles and B- B- Buckinghamshire. Uh, uh, of all the like, so when you think you've grown up, and you've had these names and they've been the names that you've known around the area since the day you were born and they're nothing to you. They're just, yes, that's Tiggy Wiggles veterinary clinic that sits on the corner of Worcestershire or whatever the hell else you said. And you, you don't think anything of it. And then somebody, a foreigner, a loudmouth foreigner, and by loudmouth foreigner, I mean me, comes into your country and they go, shut up, you're bullshitting. That is, that's a <laughs> fake name that you just made up. And then they're deeply offended because as far as they know, this is completely normal and frankly is normal. We have lots of things around our area, too, that we've got weird names for like Walmart. Take Walmart, for example, like a a foreigner who didn't know what Walmart was. That's a weird name. We have a we have a a line of uh, mini marts called Wawa that are on the East Coast. That's a weird name. Like we have our own weird names as well. But until you hear (laughs) until you hear somebody go, nah, uh. You're like, oh, I guess maybe that's not uh, as normal as I thought it was. It's a wigwam. That's totally <laughs> legit. Yeah. Right, so we got the birds at Tiggy Wiggles, and uh, we we were able to get the curry and turmeric off of him, and uh, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I just like, like, I'm like, you know, you know, it's not the first uh, orange bird we've had in uh, Buckinghamshire. <laughs> you know, it's not it's, it's not the first orange bird, right? Like we 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 had Big Bird. Wait, that bloke's yellow. Buckingham All right, uh, forget it. I guess he is the first orange one. <laughs> Our second story: NBC's newest game show was set to have contestants compete for prizes in cash around a classic backyard toy. But it looks like those involved got a little more than they bargained for with the new show. Apparently, production of the ultimate slip and slide had to shut down immediately this weekend when a number of the crew members contracted what was eloquently and poetically described as explosive diarrhea. Oh, no, from the... (laughs) Can you imagine being the... The next person on the slip and slide after that? Did they have it on the slip and slide? <laughs> I like to think so. I like to think they did. According to more than uh, reports from more than 40 crew members, possibly some contestants as well, contracted a form of parasite germ. It's found in water and also in the remnants of feces in it. It would uh, seem that not everyone was competing on the show was able to hold it in during the game that caused more than a few people to become violently ill. Can we just talk for a moment? So this is a show based around the slip and slide. Fine, whatever. But I feel like 30, maybe 40 years ago, we all watched those the footage of the Japanese game shows where there was always some whipped cream giant ball hitting people in the face as like right. just the most over the t- and we would go like that's crazy those Japanese people are so crazy how could that be on TV that's nuts now we're there 
Like we're we're firmly in that. I'm watching. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, NBA basketball lately. They're advertising two shows over and over again. One is called The Cube, and inside The Cube, they do all these crazy things to you. They hit you with things. They blast you with air. They have ping pong balls drop on you as you're trying to find the one thing. Like just all this, and it looks like one of those game shows. And then the other one, I've have you guys seen this? I I don't even remember what it's called, but it's the game show all around miniatures. Like they're all tiny little things that you have to do with tweezers so you have to like flick a little piece of dynamite and it's tiny i'm talking minuscule with your finger against a safe door and the safe door has a little piece of velcro on it and the dynamite has a little piece of velcro on it if you flick it just right and it hits the door and sticks then you win and like all these you have to use a straw to blow a sailboat around this little group of what like we are as far as game shows go i feel like we have fully 100 percent jumped the shark and i wouldn't be surprised if there's not a shark jumping game show somewhere out there yeah, that sounds awful. It, but, and, it, and, and you know, they always uh, trot out some, like, mid-tier celebrity to host these things because mm-hmm. they think that's going to move the needle. They don't realize that the show being shitty is what's going to keep the needle from moving, not the host who might have some talent. But it, but it won't stop us from trying to get him as a guest. Right. So, <laughs> so, Tracy, back to what you were saying, though, as far as this particular game show – I feel like this now we're going to see a bunch of these things right here because the floor is lava came out on Netflix a year ish ago. Maybe it's a little more than a year. I don't know. And it was a huge hit. It was number one on Netflix for several, several, several weeks. And so now, you know, that when that happens, every, wow, we could turn lawn darts into a game show. What if we had lawn darts out there? And like, everybody's going to be picking old childhood yard games, whatever it might be. Like before long, there will be a bocce ball game show that is airing on CBS weeknights. It's it's going to happen. So well, I saw during the pandemic, uh, the, the height of the pandemic, ESPN was running like the cornhole championship. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're really kind of there already. Yep. I watch. So now there are two um, professional dog grooming competitions on. Uh, available on TV. One is on network TV and I think rebel Wilson hosts it. And it, and it's, and it's, 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 it's dog groomers versus dog groomers trying to groom the best dog. And, and it, and it really, it's not, it's not nearly as good as the one that's on HBO max called hot dog. H a U T E. <laughs> I love that. Sh- I, I Dave, you know, I don't watch a lot of these shows. Yeah. that one show totally awesome now here's my here's my question do they all try to groom the same dog at the same time or are they separate dogs they're the the same kind of dog so (laughs) they'll bring out like they'll bring out these like nasty looking sad bichons and like each one of these groomers will get a bichon to work on and they'll they'll do something to the they'll and they like they do things that i think is a little bit like borderline cruel, but the dogs seem to love it. So um, the hosts, the hosts are, are the best though. The guy that uh, Matt Rogers, I think is the guy that hosts it and he's hysterical. And uh, anyway, I, I, that's two dog grooming challenge shows. And I, and for some reason, one of them is like far better than the other. (laughs) 
Well, the last thing I'll say before Tracy moves on is on that note. So I will watch the dog grooming show, but I will say, holy moly, the mini golf game hosted by Rob Riggle is one of my favorite things on TV. So it's not to say that these stupid concepts can't be entertaining. I just worry that we're we're falling way down to the bottom of the barrel right now. Yeah, we're uh, definitely going into a terrible trend. Also going into a terrible trend, a third story, residents living in Sunnybrook Mobile, Heart, Mobile Home Park in Berwick, Iowa, say they have to deal with a raw sewage, gunshots, and flying axes, and they've got l- very little help from the property management on site. Randy Attess reached out about raw sewage flowing out from pipes into his yard, and he said he's been dealing with this issue for more than a week. It's nasty. I don't want to live like this, Attess said. Steve, I feel like we've got to get at least one impression out of this story. There's got to be... But I have your, before your you get there Iowa accent before, before you get there, Tracy, you started raw sewage. I get like, OK, something's going on with. Raw, but why gunshots and axes? So after sewage uh, workers visited Sunnybrook in the morning, they sent on a crew in the afternoon to fix the pipe and they put the attest family in a hotel for the evening. But neighbors of attest say there's another list of issues that they're taking care of. Zach Sessions lives in Sunnybrook and said the roads are in poor condition and people have been constantly scraping the bottom of their cars. But Haven Park communities who own Sunnybrook Mobile Home Park has a development. And they said that they are working on the roads. Beyond that, Sessions claims Another resident was waving a gun in the air around his children. When he attempted to calm the man down, he grabbed another weapon. He grabbed a two-sided axe, he said, overhand axe out of his yard with axe blades on both sides. And overhead, tomahawked it across the street at me, according to Sessions. Okay, so first of okay, so those those axes are not easy to come by. Like, you, you yeah. can't just walk into yeah. a hardware store and get the double-sided axes anymore. Those are... Those are kind of an old throwback to like like old school lumberjacks and I don't have time to sharpen my axe. I'm just going to flip it over. Um, that's that's kind of impressive, but also like he's waving a gun and he's like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to put the gun down and I'm going to I'm going to downgrade to yeah. a double sided axe. I don't know which is more horrifying, actually. In this day and age, when we're so starved for content to put on all the various channels that we have, that we're doing a miniature game show where people blow a boat around a a moat with a straw, I don't need producers. I don't need writers. I just need a camera crew to go into this trailer park or into this area of the world and just film. Just film them being them. And I, I would hit, watch hit every TV show in Canada did exactly this. Yeah, don't, don't, don't muddle it with a bunch of like preconceived. Today we're gonna have them head out to the the dog show where they're gonna groom some dogs because don't do any of that kind of stuff. And see if I was let them that live was, their lives. That wasn't a shot at your dog show, by the way. No, uh, just yeah, exactly. Let them live their lives. I'll watch every second, every second. So a police report was filed indicating that the management of the mobile home park has so far been unreachable. Hmm. I imagine so. I imagine I imagine when the management of a mobile home park is is that unreachable, like all kinds of shit's going to happen. You know, I would like to revisit at some point. Uh, on the first incarnation of the show, we had the idea that we would call 
shitty motel night managers. And we would call the hotel and we would just say, hey, do you want to do a phone interview for like 10 minutes? And all you have to do is just tell us the craziest stuff you've ever seen as the night manager of that motel. I feel like if we lumped trailer park management into that, we, we'd have endless interviews, endless material of people. And I'm, I'm not looking to poke fun at them even for a second. I just know they've seen some crazy shit. And if we just let them tell their stories, it would be gold. Yeah, that's not a bad. It's not a bad idea. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's just, yeah, we did. We did float that idea. I don't know what was it decency or something got in the way. What was it? Well, the, what got in the way was the first four people that I called all sounded exactly the same. How can I help you? Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm on a podcast. I was just wondering if you'd be willing to do just a quick interview. You don't have to give your name. You don't have. I'm not comfortable with that. Well, you wouldn't have to say anything about where you work. You wouldn't have to say anything about the name of the motel. You wouldn't have to say your own name. You would just have to basically tell us crazy stories. I don't I don't feel comfortable being on air. Click, and then I would call the next one, and I would get what I think was the same person uh, <laughs> every single time. I think they run all the motels. So we, you, That's the new Google night manager bot. Turns out yeah. the people who run the front desk at shitty night motels like to keep to themselves. They don't like to be bothered. That's why they've taken a job where they don't have to interact with anybody ever at all. Maybe if we do it like in person and uh, and Just we show up. Uh, kind of float, push a little uh, an Alexander Hamilton their way, maybe yeah. uh, we could change their mind. Yeah, just just a portrait of him. <laughs> There's more where this came from. Here's a here's a book of Alexander Hamilton's life. <laughs> Our four story ghost forest tree farts are releasing greenhouse gases. Scientists say large swaths of coastal wetland forest areas in North Carolina have taken on an apocalyptic appearance with dead trees standing out like bare sticks. A research team at North Carolina State University is studying the environmental impact of greenhouse gas emissions from these ghost forests. Okay. Researchers have given the tree gas emissions the catchy name of tree farts, which in reality is simply greenhouse gases that can trap heat around the earth. Isn't it weird that ghost forest tree farts was Frank Zappa's sixth album? <laughs> This is, you know what this immediately reminded me of, and I went to I went to find it. There's a tree called the Bradford pear tree that everybody agrees smells exactly like semen. Uh, each year at the same exact time, it smells like semen. And they have a lot of these back east. Look this up. This is a real thing. They have a lot of these back east. And so as people are walking, enjoying the spring, they're just smelling copious amounts of semen everywhere and can't figure out why. And it's it's because of these trees. So... Uh, nature is a I, wonderful thing. I was at a hotel. Uh, a hotel it was a mid-level hotel <laughs> with a swimming pool. <laughs> exactly like that. And I didn't. Uh, I did not go swimming that night. <laughs> I don't know why I admit that. <laughs> oh, man. The team measured carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide gases from standing dead trees called snags and from the surrounding soil snags can act as a conduit for soils produced greenhouse gases and can also uh, be the source as they decompose do you guys remember 
<laughs> at my previous house. Do you remember when we had that tree die in our front yard and the homeowners association reached out to us? Uh, have, yes. Maybe I haven't told you that story. I don't know, but they, they basically said, uh, they wrote this very terse email. So dead of winter, like none of the trees in the neighborhood, none of them have leaves, have anything on them whatsoever. Just everything's a stick. And I get this letter in my mailbox that says, Homeowners Association recently reviewed the tree in your front yard. We have deemed it dead. It needs to be removed within two weeks or you will begin to uh, incur fines. Like it was, again, this very terse, short email. I had never, it's dead of winter. I'm not going out and like checking the yard often to see how my plant life is doing. So I had no idea that this thing was even dead. I don't know how they knew it was dead because all the trees looked exactly the same. But somehow they knew this little stick in my front yard was dead. And so I, I wrote a letter back to them, and I tried to make it as serious as possible. I named the tree. I said, that tree has been a part of our family for years. It was like a second son to me. How dare you write an email as cold and unfeeling as this? I sent that, I sent that letter to them. I didn't hear anything back. It was late the next summer when I finally took the dead tree out of my yard. They never wrote me again. They never find me. There was nothing. They were like, holy shit, we have crossed the line with this guy. He loved that tree. And I never heard from them again. And eventually I removed the tree on my own and covered it up with grass, the hole where it used to be. And just uh, buried it in a shallow grave in the backyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right through the wood chipper. <laughs> you didn't wrap it in some cloth and you know, march it down the street. <laughs> say some Say some words over it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the news, fellas. All right. We've run incredibly long. I appreciate you sticking around for the entire show. I want to once again thank Tom Winkler from dutyman.com or duty.com, which is still very active. If you want to go check that one out, both URLs work, but he wants us to go to dutyman.com. He also has the app. Tracy, help me out with this. What is it called? It was Whack Your Boss. Whack Your Boss. And, uh, yeah. And there was uh, Whack Your Something Else. I forget, but yeah. uh, definitely a lot of whacking. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and before we get out of here, I have to ask Steve, anything else from you? Not tonight. Tracy, anything else from you? What more could I possibly have after tonight? One last big thank you to Tom Winkler from dutyman.com. Go check it out. You'll see what we mean as to why it's so cool. And in the meantime, for Tracy, for Steve, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show. Dave and Steve.